it out will wheel Giancarlo Esposito as Professor X. He would do obviously a great job at playing a genius, like a super genius that's also kind of egotistical. We are wow. going rogue, people. Say it with me. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. The X-Men are celebrating their 20th anniversary on the big screen. It's the film that launched Kevin Feige as a Marvel producer. And now that his precious mutants are back under that sweaty ball cap, Fans are speculating that everyone from Giancarlo Esposito and Logan co-star Daphne Keene could be part of this MCU reboot, but if not the X-Men, where will they go? This is Rogue Theory, the podcast that brings you the wildest nerdy hot takes and a high-stakes shootout. I'm Eric Voss, and the all-stars going rogue with me today include our good buddy and resident Gotham expert, Tommy Bechtold. Hello, I'm back at my mom's house. Isn't that exciting? Look at me. <laughs> Time truly is a flat circle. You just loop yes. right back on yourself. <laughs> also with us, college humor comedian and writer Jessica Clemens. Welcome back to the show. Hi. This time I changed out my family photo for a good old-fashioned Andy Warhol-themed cat photo. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all of our true families, right? The cats yes. know us better. Yeah, I had to switch them out. They weren't as cool. And someone added me at the comments about it. So <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to bring my family into this. And of course, mastermind of all things nerdy, Joshua Venshire, Joven. Welcome back to the show, my friend. That's right. Mm. Joven Macho Man Shire here taking you down. I'm the cream of the crop of going rogue, my friend. Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. I, I I feel a good energy coming off you guys. Oh, that's unfortunate because that's all I had. That's, that's yeah. it's downhill from peaked, there. Peaked I've, and... I've got big mom energy right now. I don't know uh, what that means, but I've got some big mom energy. I'm going to bring orange slices. I'm going to make sure everybody's blood sugar is up. Uh, and if anyone needs to take a break, I've got a cold compress and uh, uh, covered in a paper towel that you can put on your head, okay? Don't be late to pick me up from soccer. Yeah, yeah. I won't. I would, I would never. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's dive into it. It's been a big week for the X-Men. It's There's a fascinating article about the original X-Men film that reassured us how Kevin Feige was actually the voice of comics reason on that set, staying faithful to characters' backstories, making sure Wolverine's hair jutted out from his head at just the right angle. Uh, <laughs> I imagine him with a protractor going up to Hugh Jackman's head. Um, but we also got some exciting news this week from Giancarlo Esposito, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad and Better Girl Saul, Moff Gideon from The Mandalorian, Stan Edgar from The Boys, uh, season two's coming up. He straight up confirmed in an interview that a Marvel role would likely be his next step for his career. He's saying like, uh, so he knows something. He knows something. Uh, he said he's been turning down smaller roles in Marvel TV shows so that he could play a larger role in a major Marvel. title. Uh, forget you, Jessica Jones Season 3. I had a Fantastic <laughs> Four title right. on my resume that I'm priming the space for. I want to he hear from you guys. How do you think Kevin Feige could use Giancarlo Esposito to reboot the X-Men or some other upcoming MCU event? Tommy, why don't you go first? All right, I got this. Uh, you know, yeah, I do think he definitely was getting approached to do a Netflix show because I have a little inside information that the leads of those shows were all put under contract that said that they could not play other characters. They would not play other Marvel characters because they might be called to play their characters in oh. MCU movies if, if Marvel decided to do that. So Here we go, Matt Murdock. Right. <laughs> so, well, we had all the information uh, about a possible Punisher reboot this week, right? So there is a chance that John Barenthal... 
John Barenthal, right? We'll play yeah. Punisher, Frank Castle again uh, in some sort of MCU property. Anyway, so I look at the quote in that article and Giancarlo Esposito said that he wanted to play a character that really did change the world through their actions. And I know a lot of people have been speculating a villain because of what Giancarlo Esposito does. Uh, he plays bad guys so well. But I think he might be playing the maybe one of the greatest heroes in the in the MCU, Professor X, Charles Xavier. Uh, and how I think that this will be woven into the tapestry of the MCU is we'll see him first arrive, and uh, I know I sound like a broken record, in a post-credit scene uh, in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I really do think that this movie is going to be kind of a doorway to many other Marvel properties. It just It's built on the... The, kind of the axis of multiverses and interdimensional uh, uh, goings-on, I'll say. So I think that this really will open the door for all of these properties to be kind of uh, intertwined into the MCU without it, it seeming too shoehorned in. So how I think it's going to happen is uh, is this. Doctor Strange uh, in a post-credit... Somewhere in the in the actual movie, he's going to get an address, and the address is a mysterious location in Westchester. Uh, and it turns out to he gets there, and it looks like it's just this very expensive private school for children. And and we'll get uh, Benedict Cumberbatch saying something snarky like, "Well, oh, you guys seem a little short. Maybe I'm a little too tall to be here." And just as he's about to leave, you'll hear, "Oh, Stephen, you made it!" in a beautiful British accent-ish type thing. And out will wheel Giancarlo Esposito as Professor X. So, what that's going to see is, uh, so where we go from there is uh, Professor X then says, now I have someone I want you to meet. And we're not going to see who that is. That's going to, the screen is going to go black. But who he is going to meet is Magic. Magic from the X-Men, oh. who we know in some comic book storylines does actually succeed Stephen Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. So I believe this is going to be a kind of a, like, uh, almost Ooh, a mentor, box. mentee. Yeah, there we go. You don't, you uh, don't get enough magic uh, appearances. Let me let me tell you. I, to I think it's more. time. Colossus has had his day in the sun. It's time for a little sis to get uh, to get her moment. So her, yeah. uh, I don't think we uh, we won't we won't uh, we won't get that yet. But that's going to ultimately be who they're going to see. So uh, I know we wanted to set this up as a movie. So I will say this fall, Giancarlo Esposito is taking a break from being bad. This time, Charles Xavier is no chicken, brother. Ah, yes, uh, in a three-minute post-credit scene after Doctor Strange, we have Giancarlo Esposito as Professor X, Aaron Paul as Warren Worthington III, a.k.a. Angel, and Al Fanning as a placeholder for magic. I could be someone better than Al Fanning, but I just watched The Great, and I feel like she could pull it off. Well, so if, someone, someone, stop me if I'm wrong here. Isn't aren't we gonna see magic in the New Mutants? Isn't that one of the characters in the in the New Mutants? But is, is the New Mutants check? really gonna be tied into all of and this? And is it actually going to release? Come yeah. on! <laughs> but I feel like I feel like magic's gonna show up in eventually. Yeah, it's yeah, in some way for sure. It's yeah, it's gonna happen. So insert whatever actress is playing magic in the New Mutants in for whatever I just said in, in, in post uh, John if you're editing this just dub over my mouth and say whatever that actress is. You can even do it in a silly voice if you want. Uh, Tommy that is fascinating. Yes. I love the idea of a three minute post credit scene. Uh, yeah. I guess we have seen some post credit scenes just keep going on and on and on. Hobbs and Shaw had like ten post credit scenes <laughs> and I'm like I didn't realize <laughs> I was that eager to see what comes next in that universe <laughs> but uh no what i do love about that is just the idea of of um of charles xavier 
and Stephen Strange already being friends, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to like these people, uh, you know, we're wondering where they are. Like, I, I think some people forget like, well, if the X-Men have been here the whole time, why haven't we seen them? It's just like, well, because the camera just didn't pivot left 20 degrees. Like right, they're right, there. Right. Like they could right. have been helping in yeah, all these battles. It was battles. a big fight in New York. We only right. saw like, you know, upper Manhattan. Yeah, and I think that was my favorite part of, or one of my favorite parts in Avengers Endgame, how we just saw the, uh, the Ancient One battling the Chitauri. It's like, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. All the people, just because their movies hadn't come out yet, doesn't mean these people weren't involved in these fights. So for sure, mm -hmm. Charles Xavier could have been helping out in all kinds of ways. It's just the camera hasn't shown that yet. So that's mm -hmm. as simple as it needs to be. It's just yep. Giancarlo Esposito rolls out in his wheelchair. Ah, yes, Steven, my old friend. Remember how in these past things, how I did this and I did that and I actually uh, uh, curb stomped one of the Chitauri uh, and that's why I'm in this wheelchair right now because uh, <laughs> my, I, my knees can't actually handle that Chitauri skull uh, tensile strength. Uh, that yes. you know, it's simple. It's simple. It's simpler than even the Very way I'm simple. making it right now. Yeah. I'm making it too yeah. hard. Uh, so who wants to go next? Uh, I can go next. Go for it. I will try and follow that. So I think that uh, Esposito will come back into the MCU playing as Doctor Doom. Now, hear me out. Ooh. I need Doctor Doom to come back. We need to see Doctor Doom again. I feel like every time we see Doctor Doom, we have such a different origin story for whatever he's doing. Um, and I, I really love the lab experiment blowing up, but I also want to see, and maybe if we do get another, and so, oh, I'm trying not to spoil my own spoiler for you guys, <laughs> but I feel like if we get, and what I think we're going to see him in is our, like, our newest Avengers movie with the newer Avengers. So when Florence Pugh is coming in, when Anthony Mackie is playing Captain America, I think their villain in that one is gonna be Doctor Doom because he's like equivalent to Thanos, but he's a lot more aggressive. I think also we wanna see Black Panther come back. So I feel like they'll tie that one in. We'll get Spider-Man coming back and possibly, possibly we'll get Monica from the Captain Marvel series. Um, she's, yeah. The, yeah. So I'm like, cause I've been rooting for her to come in. I need young black girl superheroes coming back in yeah. this world. I need more than Shuri. Like, I need more than the people in Black Panther. So I was like, I've been counting down the time for this. So I feel like I would love him playing Professor X. Obviously, that is amazing. But I love Doctor Doom so much. He's such a good story that I don't want him to just go under the rug. I feel like people are like, yeah, we see him a lot. But it's like, we haven't seen him. <laughs> And I feel mm -hmm. like Esposito would do a good job because he has that silky voice. He's very smart. <laughs> He's sexy, yes. just like Doctor Doom. <laughs> and, oh, that sleek metal skin. Ooh, oh, that tough <laughs> exterior. <laughs> and so I think he would do obviously a great job at playing a genius, like a super genius that's also kind of egotistical and just kind of cynical. So I guess yeah. if we're setting up the trailer for that movie, uh, January 10th, my birthday, 2026. <laughs> 2026, due to COVID, we had to release this later down the line. Uh, the narrator is explaining all of this due to technical difficulties. But we were, we open in obviously an underground bunker lab. They love those scenes, baby. Every other scientist working on computers, right? And then I, like, I assume that's where all scientists work now. And Bunker, damn straight. So they, <laughs> they, they're working on the computer and they, they're like, we're, we're getting a signal. There's something coming, something large. And it's like, who is it? Is it a person? Is it an animal? And they're like, we don't know. And then it goes to Anthony Mackie coming down. And he's like, 
what's it up? What what is it, Chief? To Samuel Jackson, of course. And <laughs> Samuel Jackson's like something that we can't figure out, and it's coming very fast, and it's coming quick. I'm talking like Jaws quick, and it's Doctor Doom, and he's like, we need to get everybody on this, and he's like, I already did. The elevator opens, and he's like, is that Surrey? And then she goes. Yet, and it's Florence Pugh. <laughs> We're slowly getting all the Avengers back together, and the end of that movie is the stinger of Deadpool and the beach in Hawaii. And he gets a phone call, and he goes, "I missed another one." God. <laughs> so that's where I think Perfect. he will be. I want to see him in the Avengers movies. I wanted to see him again. I want to see Doctor Doom. Yeah. Oh, Jessica, I have to say, like, when you were going through your trailer, it did have a bit of the Rick and Morty two brothers, like, and and there's also uh, grandmas are coming, and uh, they're going to cross the, the tech and sombrero. It's, it's just called two brothers. It's just two brothers. Uh, no, I, I think Giancarlo Esposito would be great for Doctor Doom because, like, yeah, he, he would bring so much immediate gravitas to that role. Like, people would see his cast and be like, yep, yeah, I, I'm already afraid of this guy. Like, I can know <laughs> what kind of villainy he can bring to this, and I already kind of get where he's coming from. Also, like, Giancarlo can play, like, a Latverian, like a made-up country. Like, I had to look this up. I thought he was, like, he had the same kind of Latino roots that uh, Gus Fring has. And he doesn't. He's not Chilean. He's, like, From um, Denmark, I thought. Yeah, he's, like, part Danish, part Italian. Like, so he can just play anything. Play anything. And then... Uh, Latveria could be anywhere. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love that idea. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm waiting to award po points until later. I'm going to make this a, a big reveal at the end in case you're wondering who's getting the rogies. Um, so Joven, uh, tell us what she got. Well, well, well. It's my turn. <laughs> well, you both bring up very interesting points. One giving him a protagonist role and the other giving him an, anta an antagonist role. Well, he's, uh, he's going to show up, and he's going to show up a little bit further down the road because, you know, COVID's pushing everything back. He's not necessarily cast yet, so this movie is probably going to wind up in Phase 5. Now, you guys ended with your little trailer pitch. I'm going to start with mine. Uh, just let me, let me paint you this scene. Uh, Blade is going through the halls of a castle, uh, finally caught up to the main villain of the first Blade movie, Lilith. That's right, got some uh, great characters, great casting. One of Blade's strongest foes, in fact, but of course... Blade wins that fight, and as he's about to win and, and finish off Lilith, she says, you might have defeated me, but you've only angered my father. And then from the shadows comes out Mr. Esposito, and he is her father, Dracula. That's right. He's going to be uh, like the Thanos of like the Marvel like horror stuff that we're going to be getting on the side wow. where Dracula's kind of in charge of like all like the monsters and bad guys of the demons and all that kind of fun stuff because you this guy's got gravitas. He's got class. He's, he's immortal just like his career. So mm. I think having him play as as the big bad over like a few different blade movies maybe popping in some other stuff here and there maybe some tv show appearances also because there's what's happening with the avengers is great we're also going to be getting x-men and we're going to be fantastic for we need some real draw and some real attention on the other side of phase five so i'm thinking he's going to be our dracula Ooh. And now that we have a better idea of his uh, of his origin of, of his of, of where he's actually from, you know he's got that that uh, European uh, uh, aesthetic going for him already. So just uh, go the distance. Plus, we really need to fix Dracula from Blade Trinity. So that, that's the way to go. 
Wow, that would be fascinating to see. Like, I can imagine those headlines, right? Like, uh, Gus Fring now as Dracula. And, you know, like, he's he knows, like, that darkness so well. And, like, he does come from this, like, uh, like horror-inspired place. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to be a very difficult line, and I think, for Marvel to walk of embracing these, like, classic horror supernatural things whenever they do explore Ghost Rider and Blade and Mephisto and Lilith and all these other things that they're clearly headed toward. And I feel like Giancarlo Esposito can definitely thread yeah, that needle. Because he's got that presence that just yeah. kind of, it's eerie, it's intimidating. You don't know what direction of bad things are going to go while he's standing in the room. For sure. And that's our Dracula. All right. Um, so for each of your theories, I, I think there's, uh, you did a great job uh, introducing who you want Giancarlo Esposito to play and, uh, and what that trailer could look like. But now, here's your chance to condense it all into a tweet. Really just like, uh, no, uh, use that word economy. You only have 240 characters. This is where you got to sell it with just a tweet. You're working for the Marvel marketing department. And here's a chance to redeem anything that you felt unsure about. I, I can trust all you guys need to give you time to come up with some real sexy upgrade for what your tweet, some real tweet redemption here. And I can't wait to hear your final bottom lines, but uh, I'm gonna give you some time to do this. First, I wanna thank a uh, sponsor of this episode, Helix Sleep. So uh, everyone, the world is insane right now. We're all under a lot of stress. You're probably not sleeping great. I know I've been having trouble some sleeping, but this is how Helix has been, been helping me out. Helix Sleep makes these personalized mattresses made right here in America, shipped right to your door, uh, free, no contact delivery, free returns, a hundred night sleep trial. Uh, to choose a mattress, Helix made a two minute quiz that matches your body type and sleep references to the perfect matches for you. Helix has a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique tastes. I took the quiz and I was matched with a Helix mattress. The Helix Lux uh, is perfect for this side sleeper who likes a real cool uh, feeling in bed. Uh, I'm sleeping so well, it's like Mantis has touched my forehead each night and I'm just like uh, bathing in my emotions and um, you know, and in case I'm sleeping on my side, so in case you know the overly sweet energy drinks that have been chugging all day come back up, I'm not gonna <laughs> choke on them because I'm on my side and my comfortable mm. Helix mattress. Uh, Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. Just go to helixsleep.com/roguetheory, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you, you'll love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash rogue theory. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash rogue theory for up to $200 off. Also, we want to thank Bespoke Post for sponsoring this episode. Most of the time, the only thing in my mailbox is notes from my neighbors asking me to stop screaming at the top of my lungs. Sorry, uh, but once a month, my mailbox is a lot more exciting because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. And no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools and outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. I recently got the Coast Box, which came with a great summery linen shirt and a waterproof beach wallet. I haven't tested any of it at the beach, but the, the wallet is definitely soda proof. 
or, or, or <laughs> overly sugary energy drink proof because you know yeah. I get I get my handshake too much it spills everywhere. Uh, they also <laughs> have multiple booze themed boxes, including the mixed Ooh. box set has the fixins to make a Moscow Mule or spicy margarita. Yum yum yum. Ooh. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com to pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box. Costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% wow. off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code ROGUE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com and code ROGUE for 20% off your first box. And we're back. Okay, we are going to return to these theories, and I'm going to award some points. I got a, a bronze and a silver and a gold. It's These are going to be distributed based off the quality of your tweet redemption. Please don't be bronze. Please don't be bronze. <laughs> Who's going bronze? first? Oh, sure. All right. So mine is based on that popular uh, tweet format, yeah, sex is cool, or yeah, sex is great. So mine is, yeah, sex is cool, but if you tried G Giancarlo Esposito... In charge of X-Men school? <laughs> I, I love that you worked in the, the format. Well done. Yes. Who's you. next? So it, in a very out-of-the-box type uh, cast announcement, we actually have a tweet from Marvel that says, mm. uh, we're still trying to apologize for Blade Trinity, and I think the only way we can fix Dracula now is maybe with this. And then it's a, a, it's a gif of Gus walking out and breaking bad and fixing his tie. Ah, uh, Yes. Nice, nice. And Jessica? Um, do you want the silly one or the sillier one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great option. <laughs> what a Sophie's Choice we're in now. Uh, let's go sillier. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's assume that, you know, Disney's super cool. They don't really care what goes on their Twitter. It's the same guy that runs the Wendy's Twitter account. Um, so <laughs> he says, or it says... We've all heard of Triple H, but have you heard of Triple D? And then it says hashtag Dr. Doom Daddy. Of John Carlos Esposito with like the mask off on Dr. Doom's body, of course. Dr. I Doom also Daddy. like the nod to Blade Trinity with Triple H there. There he goes. Yeah, right. Mm, yes. Very nice. Okay, uh, for this round, I will be awarding bronze to Tommy, bottom line, back told. Only because I know we're gonna be what we're talking about next, and that is your forte. So I'm gonna give you some oh room God. to grow. Um, for oh silver, <laughs> silver goes to uh, Jovenshire for, okay. for your theory. I, I am very interested to see Giancarlo Esposito's Dracula, and gold goes to Jessica Clemens because uh, yes. of your trailer, because your two brothers style trailer, so great, and getting in that triple D in there. Oh, nice. Uh, so what song are we all gonna hum for your national anthem on this uh, Olympic pedestal? Can we do like Baby Got Back? Does everybody know yeah, who's yeah. on for this? <laughs> what a fun one to hum. Two hours later. <laughs> That's good. All right. Um, we're now going to move on to our Discord Rogue Theory. So every week we play a game of Rogue Theory with our patrons on New Rockstar's official Discord server. This week we had some patrons pitch theories about how Yelena Belova's character will continue to impact the MCU after the Black Widow movie. And we had some really, really, really good theories this week, including some strong ones from Gold Komodo and Spanish 2002. But it was Pharaoh Jeff! that won the contest with this theory that included Ooh. some sick references to the Itsy Bitsy Spider comics, uh, working in some of that dialogue, because that was some great dialogue, and it ended with what I 
firmly hope is the post credit scene for one of these movies, Yelena Belova getting recruited by Nick Fury, director of S.W.O.R.D. Yeah, to become a new Avenger. Well done. Uh, I think it's theory. I I just assume that's what's actually happening, right? (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's got it. This guy's got to look at the script, right? Or 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 maybe just Pharaoh Jeff is uh, is, uh, Kevin Feige, right? Kevin Feige. Mm. Is is there a Jeff? Is there a Jeff in the MCU director? Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) Just the whole time. That's where he's getting his theories from our our people on Discord. That's how good the conversation is. But some weeks he doesn't win, which is crazy because he actually (laughs) knows the answers. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the the fan theory is better than that. He just sits at his keyboard. Yeah, yeah. you'll see. You'll all see. You'll all see. While you guys watching can play too, have your theory read on an episode of Rogue Theory in the future by becoming a patron of New Rockstars at patreoncom Rockstars. All right, on to our next topic. Uh, last week, HBO Max announced a new series about the Gotham Police Department set in the same universe as the upcoming Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson Batman film. So Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon in that film. It's looking like he's going to be the star of this series. And I'm guessing it's going to feature less of Robert Pattinson in every episode as a Dark Knight. Kind of similar to the Gotham series on Fox that was Tommy's favorite show for years. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Obsessed with it. Well, definitely even, not definitely not a paid endorser of it at all in any way. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I liked a lot of that series, but I'm very very excited for this new HBO version of it because I yes. feel like it can really go into some of the like the grittier aspects of policing. Yeah. And lately, folks, writers all across the TV and film industry are refocusing how they depict policing on screen. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's writing staff threw out the scripts for their first four episodes and they're starting fresh. It's a very interesting time. This is like a ripe opportunity for HBO to depict new themes in policing that maybe evolve this show from the standard, you know, Law & Order, Bad Guy of the Week (laughs) procedurals where they just kind of like move on to a new case and they never show the lasting Mm. impact of how the justice system affects these people's lives. They just kind of like go and they're thrown away in prison and we never see what happens to those families, the victims or the perpetrators. So I think right. there's an exciting time to really show the reality of policing. Uh, and I feel like that, that's got to be what this Gotham Central is going to focus on, in addition to expanding the world of like the Matt Reeves Batman universe, expanding the world of what it really means to, to be a cop in, in the modern world. So I want to yeah. hear pitches from you guys, how this Gotham mm-hmm. Central show could, uh, could expand the, this new Batman universe and tackle mm-hmm. policing on TV in a way that we haven't seen before. I could go first only because oh, I think I've watched the least amount of Gotham. <laughs> yeah, go I watched for it. like a, I watched a season and then I got like two episodes into the next one and I was like, okay, this is it's a, it's exploding my head. It's a ridiculous show. It's absolutely an insane. And it's so much just like shoved in at once that I'm like trying yeah. to keep track yes. and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. talking crap though for Gotham and Fox. No one please get mad at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it seemed like, and feel free to correct me, I feel like with Gotham Fox, that, uh, or Fox's Gotham, that it stopped becoming about the police officers more than it became about the details of the villains. And then the villains mm-hmm. had just such, like, kind of archaic, big, like, theatrical, mm-hmm. such weird things going on that it was just, like, a mm-hmm. little too much. So I'm hoping that what I, what I personally want to see from the TV show that's going to go to HBO is they kind of splice it together with um, how they're handling Watchmen. And how um, I want it to be as real as possible, but I also want them to like expand the world of Gotham. I want them to, I honestly kind of want them to bring in like 
static. I would love to see Cyborg show up. Mm, I would love for like, because Cyborg also has such like a dynamic background story. It could definitely be applied to Gotham itself. And then Mm. I think like Commissioner Gordon will still be like the case. I think it'll be more of the fact of um, he's kind of in the world where there's a lot of um, a lot of corruption. So he's just going to be like the one good light around everything that's happening bad. We might see like a side of the Wayne family that we don't want to see that makes them look negative. Um, I think it's going to be like exploring so much more of that world, but I do want them to handle it how they do Watchmen. Whereas like mm. it's still that movie, that show came out a while ago and it's still very prominent, especially today where the mm-hmm. racism and like police brutality is a big deal. And it's so hard to like, hopefully I want them to approach it with like open arms and obviously with a diverse writer's room, because that's the thing that Brooklyn nine nine also has is that they have a very diverse writing room, a very diverse head of cast, and with a lot of DC shows and a lot of Marvel things, there's not a lot of black people. And Anthony Mackie even brought that up recently, how he was like, oh, there's not a lot of brown and black people on set or behind the scenes or in front of the camera too. So it's like, I want them to take it and like, they can do so well with it, but they need to open their doors and their minds to what's happening in the world and acknowledge it. Because even though Gotham is not a real world, it's still a situation where we're like, we don't want to root for the bad guys. Oh, you know, uh, Jessica, you bring up some really good points, especially about like revisiting the Wayne family, because, you know, they've always been like heralded as these patron saints of Gotham who were cut down too early. But like, I mean, no one's like that in real life. Like there are good people who who (laughs) die, but everyone's got like, you know, a mixed bag in terms of what they have been in their careers be interesting to see if there are skeletons in their closet it doesn't mean batman himself has to be bad it's really interesting to like revisit them and see if that factors into it all right um who is next I'll, I'll go next uh so yeah i i have had the pleasure of watching every episode of, of fox's gotham and and like and, and jessica was right on what happened to that show is it became i mean literally they named one of the seasons gotham i think colon villains like it was like they finally <laughs> in the last season or two just kind of gave up the gave up the ruse that it was going to be about the, the gcpd and instead it was like no we've created these are just basically one degree uh camera lens and lighting darker uh characters than the adam west batman they were very campy very larger than life victor the, the, zaz was perfect he was amazing that guy but he but he went on to greener pastures on barry where he was given more to do like that actor there were several i mean even the guy who played penguin was a huge uh robin lord taylor huge like really really broad performance but he was i mean he was good there were moments of the show where he was definitely carried it but they just never really fully developed these characters in a way that you really cared about them i think whereas Gotham was a law and order type show. Uh, uh, this new show is going to be a, uh, a true detective type show, weaving in a couple of different uh, uh, storylines, all heading towards one final, like e- the season's going to be about one thing, ultimately. Obviously, you see Jeffrey Wright's character, who I don't think is the commissioner yet. In the movie, he's he's just credited as Jim Gordon right now, and there's another character on IMDb uh, credited as commissioner, I forget, something, something. So that is kind of usually how this story is told, right? In Nolan's Batman, he was he was Detective Gordon first. Uh, ben Ben McKenzie played Detective Gordon. I don't think he became commissioner until the last season. So we might still see Jim Gordon in some sort of role. There's also the Peter Skarsgård character that's a D.A. Gil Coulson, which is kind of funny to have a character named Coulson. I don't. They might, I, don't I wonder how that's because that's such an iconic Marvel name now, Phil Coulson. So I mean, whatever, Coulson, Coulson. 
But I wonder if that will be the kind of law and order, quote-unquote, where we might see Peter Skarsgård's character carry on kind of the, like, you know, the, the litigious side of Gotham's prosecution. So I do think it is an opportunity, though, to kind of introduce these bad guys. We were kind of promised with Matt Reeves' Batman that it's going to be a more cerebral approach to Batman, right? Like, he's going to be more of a detective than a flashy, like, Joel Schumacher throwing, like, back grenades at people. So I think this is an opportunity to tell a slow kind of mystery and have it be solved by Jim Gordon and and other detectives that we might meet in the movie and, and introduce them. Uh, ultimately probably leading towards a big bad villain i would say you know yeah i think it'll be kind of a you know a, an eight episode march towards uh finding out who uh who is behind a series of crimes in gotham city uh a la the way true detective kind of takes eight episodes to unfold who is actually behind the murders and mysteries so that's what i got Ooh, tommy you know i loved uh true detective well season one and season three i could though without season two uh, but it's interesting how you say this HBO Gotham is going to be like True Detective. Jessica was saying it's going to be like Watchmen uh, because it's very true. Like when these networks pitch these shows to, the, to each other, they're like, what if it's like Sopranos but this? Or what if it's like Boardwalk Empire but this? You know, they're all kind of doing versions of things that they've done before. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious, Jovin, to see what HBO series you think it's going to be like. Uh, so... I'm making some last-second uh, changes to mine because I was just hit with uh, some inspiration, and I, I like the direction that you guys are going. I enjoyed the last half of Gotham, and, and and to be completely honest, I don't think that there is a way to do it without it just being Gotham again. Even if you try to like make a strong stance like, no, 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 no. it's going to be about the, the PD. Well, guess what? After season one, one ratings aren't exactly where you want them and you want them to pop, guess what? It's going to introduce a bunch of villains that you that we that we know before, and it's going to then focus around them because we like those characters more than the other characters. That's just naturally where that show winds up going because they're the more fascinating characters to follow. So I think that yes, they are going to do a Gotham PD style show, but it's not going to take place at the same time. We think same universe, yes. Time, no. Now you're also saying. Uh, well, Jovin, it has to take place during the same time because we've got Jeffrey Wright coming back as Gordon. Wrong Gordon, my friend. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're looking at. Here's what we're getting. What is another HBO property that was very pro popular? Deadwood. Mm. I think we're going back. We're going Wild West. We're wow. going rogue, people. Say it with me. That's right. We're going to get a Wild West Gotham the, the beginning of Gotham, and we're going to see uh, Jeffrey Wright playing Montgomery uh, oh. Gordon as he's sheriff of these uh, early, early times of, ah. of Gotham. And, you know, let's get fun with it. Let's get a little campy. Let's have, like, I don't know, some of these characters that might mirror these villains but in a very 18th century kind of way. Mm. Like, Puzzler. maybe there's a guy that comes to town that sells ice. Like, it's his job to sell ice. <laughs> and uh, he's also killing people with an ice pick. Yes. He's Mr. Freeze. Um, but, now, if they really do want to focus on the cop side of things, they can also, as an alternative, they can actually uh, have this take place during the uh, Gates of Gotham comic line that was written by Kyle Higgins, which kind of, it's, it's like early 19th century, I think. Uh, it was very, not steampunky, but a little Victorian-y. 
Uh, and you do see like the early Cobblepots. You see the early Waynes, kind of like fighting over territory and whatnot in an already built Gotham. So there's two different places you can take it. You can take it early 1900s with constable cops and whatnot, or you know we just go wild west with a little Deadwood meets Gotham. Mm. Ooh, Joven, you truly went rogue, my friend. That was went out there. very interesting. I would love to see a period piece you did go rogue. Gotham story just to see the kind of historical parallels, see the origins of Gotham City. Yes, it works. Now, I'm going to give everyone a chance to, you know, condense their theories into tweet form. Here's your chance to get some true tweet redemption, work out all the kinks, pitch it back to me. That's how I'm going to award those points. But while they're doing that, I want to thank our friends at Manscaped for sponsoring this episode. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your mm -hmm. family jewels. They spent 18 months designing the Lawnmower 3.0. It is the greatest freaking body hair trimmer the world has ever seen. It is a waterproof. It has a 90-minute battery, so you get a full hour and a freaking half to, to clear all that real estate you got down there. <laughs> it's got an LED light, you know, so you can do it at nighttime, anytime at night. I don't care, I'll be doing this all night, grunting at how much fur I gotta trim, waking up all the neighbors. Manscaping accidents are a thing of the past thanks to Manscaped's skin safe technology. In the case you don't wanna wake up the neighbors, they got a quiet stroke technology. <laughs> yeah. On there, 7,000 mm. RPM trimmer motor. And by the way, this whole thing vibrates, so mm. if you want to put this in anywhere, go for it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROGUETHEORY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the promo code ROGUETHEORY. So let's return to our Gotham PD theories. Uh, mm -hmm. Give them back to me in a tweet. Here's your chance to really sell me with that bottom line. He goes, ooh <laughs> Three exclamation points. <laughs> it says hashtag uh, Insta good, <laughs> and then it says you liked Gotham on Fox. Get ready for the new hit <laughs> Gotham on HBO Max. Oh god, this is why I need to write down my tweets before I send <laughs> my notes first. I don't just blur them out. Try <laughs> 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 that, and then I get cut off because I went over the character amount. <laughs> Okay, so mine is a uh, a photo, or it's a video of uh, the True Detective season one DVD box set. And then slowly a knife lowers down on it, cutting it in half, revealing that it is cake. And then you pull the DVD in half and inside it's a bat it's a Batman themed cake. Uh, and and that's it. And then and then you see that holding the knife is Jeffrey Wright. Awesome. Uh, I've got uh, just a, a one tweet by HBO Max, and it's a uh, hashtag uh, Gothwood. Uh, very oh. confusing hashtag, but in it is a video <laughs> of like a point of view of someone like pushing in some swinging doors at a, like at a mm. saloon, and then someone goes, "Gordon, that you?" And then just you know, Jeffrey Wright turns around and tips his cowboy hat, and then cut to black. Mm. Gothwood. You know, Gothwood like is what I got as a teenager whenever Evanescence came on the radio. Yes! <laughs> wake me up inside, wake me up down there. Yes. I loved all three of your theories equally because I would love to see any version of these shows. They all have their strengths that make them all valid and wonderful. But based on your tweets alone, Jessica, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you bronze. You just, you just weren't prepared on that one, but it's okay. You still get a bronze. What? <laughs> Why? No. 
Jovid, my friend, I'm giving you the silver because uh, Gothwood, as a term, just might be a bit confusing or Copy misleading that. to people. You know. Understood. And Tommy, you gold take the cake again. with the gold. Yeah. My friend, you got the cake in there. I, well done. Well done. How come? How come the fat guy gets gold for a cake joke? I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. Joking. I'm just kidding. Okay, we are now going to move on to rogue questions. Are you guys ready? Doesn't matter because here it comes. Uh, okay. Uh, because only drive-in theaters are open right now, The Empire Strikes Back was the number one movie at the box office last weekend. What's the best possible drive-in movie and why? Uh, a lot of drive-in theaters are kind of reliving these glory days of like old 80s movies. And that's not bad, but I think there's, I think we can create a new generation of drive-in movies with today's classics. And I'm going with Scott Pilgrim versus the world Ooh. didn't do as well. It should have, as it should have the first time around in theaters. It, sh it deserves a second chance. Go watch it in a drive-in Edgar Wright, given some gold with that movie. Nice. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with a movie that I actually saw. For the first time at a drive-in features a scene at a drive-in and uh is, is just all around a classic peewee's big adventure uh it's got it all it's got uh scares with large marge it's got an action yeah. francis is kind of a monster so there's a little bit of a godzilla <laughs> thing in there uh peewee's big adventure nice um, I'm a big horror person, always been a big horror fan, and also, like a lot of people, a big 80s horror fan. And I go to the drive-ins weekly because I have nothing to do. And um, I'm going on Thursday, just so you guys know, I'm seeing Enter the Dragon and Big Trouble in Little China. Wow. Big Trouble in Little China. Great. I'm so excited. But I think for a drive-in, I would love to live that nostalgia days that my mom did as a teen and go see Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Put me in a horror yeah, situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, next question. James Gunn said in a tweet this week that he could see Scooby-Doo's Mystery Gang and the Suicide Squad being in the same movie. What yeah. is the best mystery for those two groups to solve together? I don't have a mystery for them to solve. I just want to make sure they all play by the same rules, and that is death collars if they get out of line. Because <laughs> as a kid, it used to really stress me out when Shaggy would not follow the rules and would stray off into different rooms because I was a rule-abiding kid. So now if Shaggy goes off into like a, a haunted painting room, his head just explodes. So <laughs> that for me will be, uh, that's all I need. As long as long as long as they play by the same rules, I'm good. At first, I wanted them to solve like the Zodiac Killer. I thought that would have been like a really funny one. <laughs> and I think I'm going to stick with that because I was like, if you put Scooby-Doo's The Mystery Gang into the like, uh, the mm. Suicide Squad world, it's gonna be some crazy shit. And so I wanna see, <laughs> I wanna see a real yeah. murder. <laughs> uh, I, I think what we're gonna have here is uh, uh, Shaggy actually gets arrested for possession of marijuana, <laughs> uh, gets, gets uh, pulled in by Waller, and mm. says, uh, you're gonna be working on a new mystery with this group of people over here. Mm. Uh, we need to find out who is Batman. And, uh -huh. then, and then Shaggy's like, why would I work for you? And then uh, Waller's like, well, we can get you to work. And it's not a collar. It's actually, he looks down the hallway and, and someone's walking up Scooby-Doo. And he's like, ro ro raggy ro ride rod <laughs> What is that? Welcome. Rod. <laughs> welcome. All right. Awesome. Uh, and then lastly, Ludacris let it slip in an interview that Fast and Furious 9 will be going to outer space. Holy shit. In your best terrible Vin Diesel voice. 
What will Dom Toretto say in space? I, I, I imagine, I imagine. So everyone's waiting for them to take off, right? Everyone's at the ground. They're watching them take off, all of them. <laughs> all of them in a rocket ship looking like a car. They fly into the, it immediately goes off. Everyone's like, there they go, there they go. And then it goes to Vin Diesel and he goes, starlight, star bright. The first star they see tonight. <laughs> it shoots into space. Yes. Uh, it's it's him. He's in, he's in his spaceship. He's got uh, three other people with him in their own spaceships, and he's just like, Dom Five checking in. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, I think it's gonna be uh, a Dom Toretto staring wistfully out the window of a Camaro that's been uh, modified to fly in space, and he's gonna say, Mars ain't the type of place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. There's no one to raise them if you did. All the science, I don't understand. It's just a job. Five days a week. A rocket man. <laughs> rocket man. I love it. Uh, Tommy, you're going to get the win for that one, buddy. Uh, All right. And that makes you the winner of this episode. Oh, my Good God. Job, I don't... I, what is, I feel what? I feel very blessed to have won that. Those I feel like I, the I, my theories were fine, but I feel like there were excellent theories there. So I ah. I, sh I share this with my fellow nominees. Ooh, so I also win. Good. <laughs> yes. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, I would have definitely won had I just said I am Groot. That's all he needs to say in that yeah. movie. That's you all had your chance. I have failed this podcast. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, but Tommy, you get your wish. What would you okay. like uh, to see in the world? My, my wish is just going to be a little extra work for our editor, John. Uh, we all need to freeze frame, and then John needs to write what happened to us all five years later, like the end of a, a sports movie. So everybody hold in place in whatever pose they want, and then John, go ahead and uh, tell say what happened to each one of us. to hold it. Do we have to hold it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he frame. can just freeze us. <laughs> I know. That was my real wish. I tricked you into all pretending yeah, it was a no. video. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, <laughs> Well, that is it for this episode of Rogue Theory. A big thanks to our guests who got some great ideas in here. Lots of laughs. Uh, Tommy Bechtold. Thank you. Go Bells. Uh, <laughs> Go Bells. Jessica Clemens. And her cat. And Joshua Overshire Joven. I'm going home and I'm going rogue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Rogue Theory podcast feed. Stay tuned for the YouTube channel for this and other shows. Follow us on Twitter at New Rockstars. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye.